This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded. Neuter Integrated Multicraft Contractors has been a force since 1896. That's right, 1896. And specializes in welding, piping, mechanical, structural, constructability reviews, project management, and rigging design services. For a free consultation, call Neuter at 314-421-7600. Neuter proudly serves petroleum refining, chemical processing, power generation, and alternative energy. Get in touch with Neuter at 314-421-7600. And guess where this additional billion gallons of biofuel is going to come from? It's going to come from abroad. That's not an American first energy policy. We're in this together. Labor's in this. Building trades are in this. Refiners are in this. American consumers need us to do this too. Now across the Jacob Media Network, welcome to the Labor and Energy Show special. Exclusively presented by the PBF Energy Paulsboro Refinery and the PBF Delaware City Refinery in collaboration with the labor unions that build our communities. If you fix this RINs issue, you're looking at a reduction of 25 to 30 cents a gallon. This is the Labor and Energy Show, bringing labor leaders, national experts, and political influencers together to educate you about fancy terms like RINs and Reggie, while explaining the truth about energy independence. Welcome to the Labor and Energy Show with J. Doc and Krause. And welcome in everyone to another edition of the Labor and Energy Show with J. Doc and Krause. Glad to, glad to be right back here with another edition of the Labor and Energy Show. And J. Doc, we got a fantastic show lined up for our listening audience. I do want to begin today's broadcast by letting everyone know our second Labor and Energy Summit will be one week from today. So next week, when you listen to the Labor and Energy Show, whether you listen to it live when it when it airs live or whether you download the podcast on Apple or Spotify, our big summit, our second summit of a series of six takes place coming up next week. Absolutely. Uh, we're real excited about that. We have Dave Callahan and the Marcellus Shale Coalition and, and, the, and the Shale Industry Summit. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're coming off the Refinery Industry Summit, and, and certainly uh, we're real excited to bring the, the, you know, the, the who's who uh, to the listeners. Uh, common Sense and Energy, that's our, our, our discussion, and can't wait to bring it, Joe. No doubt about that. I'll let you bring, every, or bring our distinguished group who's going to join us for the full uh, hour today. It's kind of a roundtable conversation today, and I just want to continue to ask the audience to consume the information and the content that we provide in a form that is an education. Uh, I sit and do this show with you every week and uh, and love doing the labor and, and energy show, but I will tell you one constant that is always there when the show concludes I personally, I am more educated than before the show began. And I want to continue to push that narrative and remind the listening audience that the conversation, we're here to educate. Absolutely. And today is obviously no exception. We've got a great show, uh, great guests. And, and, and so today, Joe, we're going to be talking about hydrogen and hydrogen hubs. What is a hydrogen hub? Uh, why is there so much buzz about them? Uh, why is it important for our union jobs, for our East Coast manufacturers, our environment? environment and our energy infrastructure and, and we, like we said we've got a fantastic lineup uh you know for the topic uh, i'm ecstatic to bring in uh, to the 
program. Colin O'Mara, CEO of National Wildlife Federation, pro-labor uh, pro uh, energy consultant to the president of the United States. We're ecstatic to have Colin on. We had him on the Labor Show not long ago. Colin, welcome to the broadcast. Thanks, guys. Good to be with you again. Uh, it's great to have you. Uh, and, and certainly Jim Snell, business manager, uh, Steamfitters Local 420. Jim, how are you, sir? Doing great, Joe. Uh, really appreciate you giving us this opportunity, you know, giving us this platform. Absolutely. And, and uh, of course, Brendan Williams, who's the head of government relations at PBF Energy, who also is a co-producer on the broadcast. Brendan, how are you? Hanging in, guys. Glad to be with you today. Uh, it's great to have you. And, and certainly we're going to start off keeping it basic, man. Um, you know, for the listeners, uh, yeah, obviously, we, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to yeah, clarify the narrative and, 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 uh, and give everybody a shot at knowing what's going on. A regional hydrogen hub uh, would include what? Uh, certainly people uh, have heard the word hydrogen plenty of times. Um, so let me let me go to Colin. What is a hydrogen hub? So the the basic idea, when the uh, when the president was working with uh, Republicans and Democrats in Congress to pass the the infrastructure bill, the big bill that he signed last fall, um, the idea was to basically invest federal money to leverage a bunch of private money to demonstrate how these technologies of the future could really work and how they could get to scale and how they could become more affordable in the technologies. And so for the uh, for Greater Philadelphia, including Northern Delaware and, and Southern Jersey. I mean, the opportunity is huge. you got one of the most important industrial bases in the country. Um, you got an opportunity to convert a lot of processes to use more hydrogen, which is cleaner than a lot of the other inputs that folks have used traditionally. It's a way to repower a lot of vehicles and, and fleets that currently, you know, run on maybe diesel or, you know, on gasoline that could be run with hydrogen. It's a way to actually uh, have cleaner uh, heating and cooling in buildings. I mean, there's a whole range of applications. And so the idea that the, the president and Secretary Granholm we're working on right now is basically inviting proposals from around the country to have, have, have cities and, and states can compete about who would have the best kind of demonstration for how to make this make this all work. And so because of the refining capacity and the strength, because of the strength of the, of the building trades and the amazing you know, workforce we have here, because of the amazing universities, you know, we're well positioned to become a uh, kind of a center to show how the, how the future that we've been talking about a long time can actually become a reality right now. And, and having said that, I know there's a lot of talk about um, us uh, obviously being one of those applicants uh, here in the Philadelphia region. Where are we with that? Yeah, so I was, I was actually at the, I was at the White House like the last two days um, and fighting over this exact question. And I'm, I'm, the argument I'm making is that they should have a lot more hubs than they're originally planning. The, uh, the original bill said at least four. And uh, they're going to have a lot more than that, which is some, some good news that we can we can report out. And they're um, the, the, they're going to be soliciting um, applications in the next couple of weeks. Um, the reason it's delayed is over this very question, because uh, I, you know, I myself and our good friend Brian McGlinchey and, and many others have just been hammering on the administration to you know, have as many as possible. Because there's also a ton of great incentives for hydrogen that are part of the uh, the Inflation Reduction Act that the president was uh, at the White House celebrating this week that he signed into law a few weeks ago. And so you put those incentives together with the $8 billion from the other bill, and all of a sudden now you can do a lot more. So um, the process is going to be an application comes out in the next next few weeks. Uh, hopefully it's for a fairly large number of hubs, at least eight, hopefully more. And then you know we'll put together a, a great regional application, and then DOE will make their decision sometime you know, early next year. Awesome. And, and when we're talking about hydrogen as a primary energy source and resource, where does it fit and, and, and what's the potential? I mean, um, hydrogen is, uh, it, it, 
I think there's more hydrogen in the universe than there is any other element. Um, how does it fit in to, to, to uh, our to the process of, 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 of our energy uh, resources? I mean, it, it, it's an incredibly it's an incredibly versatile source of energy. I mean, I, now you do have to kind of you know you do have to get to a, the first thing is like how do you get how do you how do you kind of isolate the hydrogen? So you kind of have two different ways that have been traditionally used. One is pulling it from um, from from methane from natural gas, so the CH four, right? So back to our old high school chemistry days, so you try you can isolate it that way by kind of blowing apart the molecules. Um, you can also do it with water, but H two O, right? So kind of pulling the the hydrogen off that way. Um, both have their pros and cons, um, and you know the, there's less of a footprint depending on the uh, the source of the, the energy that you use to actually run that process um, of either of either um, as, you, as you're separating the molecules. And there's a couple different technologies to do that, but there's opportunities for you know for power production. There's opportunities for you know, vehicle, the transportation sector, the industrial sector, opportunities in uh, the building, the building sector. So it, it really is incredibly versatile. And I think, you know, as you're seeing, you know, smaller vehicles become more electric. You know, this could be a way to that folks are like PennDOT for or, or um, SEPTA or you know, or, or um, Geldot here in Delaware or, or New Jersey DOT um, or, or New Jersey Transit are, are powering a lot of their their transit operations for bigger vehicles. I mean, I think you're going to see. You know, uh, some of the bigger, you know, some of the logistics entities, you know, the Amazons and Walmarts of the world, you know, moving their fleets to, to hydrogen. There's just a lot more. There's a lot, more, a lot of power there, a lot of energy density, they call it. Um, you know, that doesn't require, you know, the massive battery storage that you might need if you try to go all electric. So it's got a lot of versatile uses. The, the challenge has been getting to a scale where it's affordable, where it's, you know, kind of cost competitive and getting those economies of scale and getting the production costs down. So it's you know cheaper than you know, some of the current options we have on the table. And, and and so having said that, um, I got uh, 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 this is a, a group question. I'll go to Jimmy Snow and then Brendan. Um, why is it so important that the energy hub um, to the labor industry, Jimmy? Well, it's one simple word: jobs. <laughs> um, you know, this is this is uh, you know, if something like this could come to our region, the uh, hydrogen hub. I mean, this would be historic. It really would, and. Um, you know the the amount of work involved with with this whole this whole thing putting it together and you know listen uh, Brendan maybe can can tell you you know people like PBS and Energy Transfer and and just like Colin mentioned SEPTA and and, and uh, New Jersey Transit everybody is is waiting for this they all have uh, plans on what they would like to do with hydrogen and you know at the end of the day it all means building. All right, building stuff, and who builds that stuff? It's us. It's Philadelphia building trades, uh, Delaware building trades, and, and South Jersey building trades. And you know, um, in in you know what we think is what a better region than than this this Philadelphia, South Jersey, uh, Northern Delaware region we have, and it's pretty well known. We have the best workforce in the country. Okay, and that's that's a fact. It's easy for me to just sit here and say that, and well, you're a part of it, Jim. Now, but it's well known, and we're the most productive. So, I mean, you know, to, to have something like this come into our region, uh, and and you know, uh, we're working hard, uh, a, a group of us, um, you know, to which these other two gentlemen are a part of. Um, you know, it, it's not an easy task, but uh, there's a lot that goes into it. And at the end of the day, it's it's bringing hydrogen to this area a much cleaner source of, of energy, 
All right. And uh, that's the goal. You know, bring a cleaner source of energy to this region and let the building trades, you know, the Philadelphia building trades, the Delaware building trades and the South Jersey building trades build whatever whatever needs to be built. And it's all about man hours, you know. So um, it's something we're about putting food on our family's tables. And uh, this this is exactly the kind of. The, the kind of injection we need, industrially speaking, for this region. Because, as everybody knows on this call, you know we've kind of been been lagging in in this region when it comes to big big industrial work. You know, for for a variety of reasons. And and uh, this is something we're really looking forward to. The Labor and Energy Show with Jay Doc and Krause. Good conversation uh, happening on the other side of our first break. We'll bring Brendan Williams into the conversation. Again, a reminder, if you miss any of today's broadcast or if you want to circle back uh, and re-listen to this edition of the Labor and Energy Show, go to Apple or Spotify. Simply search the Labor and Energy Show. Back in a moment. Thanks for listening to tonight's Labor and Energy Special. Now it's time for Did You Know? A public service announcement from the providers of this program. Did you know carbon capture and storage can capture more than 90% of CO2 emissions? Did you know? First chartered in 1903, Steamfitters Local 420 has been constructing and installing mechanical systems throughout the Delaware Valley for over a century. United by excellence, this local is proud to have worked on projects such as the Sun Oil Refineries, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and the stadiums for all our Philly teams. From helmets to hard hats, Local 420 represents the history of Philadelphia. Steamfitters Local 420, Jim Snell, business manager. PBF Energy wants you to know hidden RIN costs are adding almost 30 cents to every gallon at the pump and pushing independent American refineries to the brink. It doesn't have to be this way. President Biden can lower gas prices and protect thousands of union refinery jobs by fixing the renewable fuel standard. And he should. Visit fuelingusjobs.com slash take action to urge President Biden to stop the RIN sanity and fix the renewable fuel standard today. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are being supported by the members of the labor union community, including Steamfitters Local 420, Jim Snell, Business Manager, the Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters, and the United Steelworkers. And back here again on the Labor and Energy Show with Jadok and Krause. A thank you to all of our listeners who are listening around the Mid-Atlantic region, stretching all the way down uh, into Washington, D.C. Uh, we continue and we will continue to be here uh, every week, Jay Doc, uh, talking about labor and energy, hence the name of the show. This is the Labor and Energy Show. Yeah, and, and we're talking hydrogen, hydrogen hub, uh, and, and certainly, you know, what Jimmy Snell said in the previous uh, segment, obviously jobs, 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 no question about it. Impacts is huge. But let me go to, uh, to Brendan Williams of, of PBF Energy. Uh, Brendan, uh, Give me your 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 thoughts on on the hydrogen hub, and I um, mean, you would think in in, in a sense, uh, uh, you know, as a refiner, this would be a uh, you know sort of a competitive situation. Where does it impact you? There's a lot of opportunities for hydrogen for traditional refiners, uh, particularly in the East Coast region, for a lot of the reasons that it was mentioned on the previous segment. And you know, if you take a step back, why hydrogen? 
right? Why why not something else? Well, as you mentioned, J-Doc, hydrogen is the most abundant element in the universe. Uh, as Jimmy mentioned, it's got great energy density. So what does that mean? That means like if you have three glasses on the table filled with different fuel, right, uh, that hydrogen is going to have a lot, a lot more energy in that, and all the glasses are the same size. Hydrogen is going to have a lot more energy in that glass than something in a similar size glass, right? Right now, gasoline and diesel are pretty superior, uh, but hydrogen has probably about, like if you have a, a gas, a, a glass of gasoline or a glass of diesel and a glass of hydrogen next together, just for, for practical purposes, you're going to get about three times more energy in the hydrogen. Uh, and since it's the most abundant element on Earth, it's something we can actually get and use. One of the challenges that Colin mentioned is you actually have to de you have to break it off from something, right? It's it's predominantly there in water. So so you got this energy source. Um, it's the most abundant energy source. Uh, it's got a lot of energy density. Uh, but um, as Colin mentioned, one of the keys is you know how do you actually isolate the hydrogen to use it as a transportation fuel or an industrial fuel. Uh, and then, you know, once you do that, you know, what does it look like from a from a cost perspective, and how is the hydrogen made? So, from a refining perspective, refineries are actually the largest consumers of hydrogen right now. So, a lot of refineries have hydrogen production units, and they'll make hydrogen uh, to actually help make gasoline. It goes into hydro treating units, which Basically, you know, refineries have big chemistry sets. They break up the molecules into components that can be used in, in gasoline and diesel fuel. So there's already some experience with uh, hydrogen right now. And from a, from a PVF perspective, particularly as it pertains to the greater Philadelphia region, uh, if you look at our Delaware City refinery, it sits on about 5,000 acres of land, and the refinery doesn't sit on nearly anywhere near that as much. So there's a lot of land where you can actually build a lot of renewable electricity generating resources and those electricity generating resources can power what's called an electrolyzer and that's a device that basically takes electricity uh, and water essentially and the electricity powers the electrolyzer uh, which separates hydrogen out of water uh, and then you can use that hydrogen as uh, either an industrial fuel or a transportation fuel uh, and so a lot of folks are always interested in transportation warehousing and distribution in the region where our Delaware City refinery fits is a perfect location for that. Uh, it's really close to Philadelphia, Baltimore, New York, D.C., so there's a lot of population centers, a lot of potential demand centers. Uh, and another benefit of hydrogen compared to some other fuels that can be used is that you can store it and transport it, you know, much like natural gas. Uh, we have experience storing it. Uh, you could transport it via truck. Uh, you could potentially transport it via pipeline. That's another advantage that the Philadelphia region has. There's a lot of petroleum transportation fuel infrastructure that isn't used because, unfortunately, we have lost a lot of refining in the region. Uh, and, and some of that could, could likely be repurposed to create some kind of a hydrogen economy. Uh, and it's so in addition to refiners having experience in transportation fuels, already having experience in hydrogen, uh, in addition to our interest in terms of having a great geographic location in Delaware City, you know, this is actually something that, particularly given some of the incentives in the IRA and the bipartisan infrastructure bill, 
you can you can make a little more cost effective uh, and and make it a little more ubiquitous particularly for trucks that have to go long haul distances or immediate haul di- uh, distances it's trying to electrify those sources of transportation you know with you make those those vehicles electric vehicles is really difficult cuz they're really heavy uh, and they go long distances so you got to make sure you have chargers but hydrogen kind of solves that problem uh, and we're obviously going to have we're obviously as we always talk about going to need gasoline and diesel fuel for a long long time uh, but as we look to diversify the energy mix, if we really want to kickstart a, 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 a new, more diverse energy economy using a fuel that's got all these advantages we talk about and really needs to, you know, re- really right now needs to crack the, the cost the, the cost competitiveness angle of it, right? You got it is still more costly, but the RA and bipartisan infrastructure bill really provides some catalyst to help start bringing that cost down. Uh, and if we can combine all of the assets we just mentioned in the area from, you know, municipal fleets to unused infrastructure to uh, geographic locations to the workforce, you know, you could really kind of create a, a hydrogen ecosystem that could certainly be transformative and uh, have benefits for uh, traditional refining companies like us who are going to be making gasoline and diesel fuel for a while, but also are well poised to diversify into these other forms of transportation fuel that are certainly going to grow as we move forward and we need more energy. And, and having said that, Colin, we, uh, you know, we, 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 let's kind of go back a little bit and, and, and touch on the politics of things. There's a lot of hydrogen money, like we talked about, and, and, and support in, 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 uh, in the two bills that passed, obviously specifically the, the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law and the Inflation Reduction Act. Can you tell our listeners in kind of layman's terms how these bills uh, seek to promote hydrogen specifically? Yeah, and this is this is actually a great, you know, kind of one of the few examples of the uh, the Congress kind of working working well together. Um, it actually started with a, a bill in 2020 called the Energy Act that uh, Senator Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia and a, uh, and Senator Lisa Murkowski from Alaska uh, were working together to try to advance innovation across a whole range of whole range of solutions, um, including you know renewables and advanced nuclear and carbon capture technology, which I'm sure we'll be talking about at a later date, and, and hydrogen. And, and so they set up different incentive programs trying to encourage um, really integrated solutions. Uh, and then the, but the problem is they, so they passed this bill, but it didn't have any money. And so in 2021, after the president's elected, you know, thank God for Joe Biden, um, he makes infrastructure funding one of his absolute top priorities. And you know, a lot of us were pushing to make sure that the energy package and all these kind of great programs that were designed but were unfunded were part of that. And there was strong support from the Biden administration. Uh, I will say folks like Marty Walsh, our, our good friend, our Secretary of Labor, and Jen, Jennifer Granholm, the Secretary of Energy, um, uh, did some great work pushing for it. And as there are our local delegation, you know, folks like Senator Casey and Senator Coons and Senator Carper and others, um, to make sure that you know the, the industrial investments um, were in the package and not just ones that are in the electrical sector, which is also important, but it's kind of it's a different for job creation, especially long-term kind of sustained job creation. And so um, the the hubs get funded in the the bipartisan infrastructure package, eight billion dollars uh, to identify at least. Originally, it was four hubs, and then I kind of snuck in the words at least four um, in the uh, one of the late one of the late, one of the last rounds of. Uh, of negotiations to give ourselves wiggle room because I knew we were gonna we were gonna need it. Um, you know, I'm looking just being very candid about the politics. You know, because of Senator Manchin's leadership role and then the development of the law, as well as kind of where he sits at number 50 on the precipice of everything. Um, you know, it's likely to see you're likely going to see hub investments in West Virginia. You know, they probably extend into Southern Ohio and 
a little bit in uh, southwest Pennsylvania, you know, in Pittsburgh. And then, and so, you know, so we need more hubs, right? So then, so when we started working on the Reconciliation Act, um, we tried to make sure that the incentives were really high as a way to basically allow the money to go further. Now, so we have that opportunity now, the money's there, and now we've got to make sure we put together a proposal that's going to work well for, uh, uh, to make sure that the hub winds up right here in Philadelphia. The Labor and Energy Show with J-Doc and Krause. Good conversation going on. If you're sitting out there and you're listening and you're saying to yourself, what does this all mean to me? We'll answer that question on the other side of the break. Back in a moment. Thanks for listening to tonight's Labor and Energy Special. Now it's time for Did You Know? A public service announcement from the providers of this program. Did you know wind power depends on hydrocarbons? That's because inside those turbines are gears and axles, a generator, all sorts of moving and turning parts. And moving parts need lubrication. And lubrication means oil. Did you know? What's a boiler maker? We're the skilled welders, riggers, and craftspeople who will help you grow your competitive edge. We step up when others step back, and we do the job right, on time, on budget, and safely. No drama, just results every time. We're the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers, and everything we do begins with our bond. Let's get to work together. Visit bestintrade.com. Operating engineers are the men and women that move mountains. And the Engineers Labor Employer Cooperative, ELEC, puts them to work. They create opportunities for the men, women, and union signatory contractors of Local 825, repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm, and even building our favorite team stadium. We understand infrastructure. That's why ELEC and Local 825 are ready to get to work. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are presented by PBF Energy and supported by members of the labor union community, a collaborative to educate the public and change the narrative. Moving right along with the Labor and Energy Show with J. Doc and Krause, a programming reminder, one week from today, next week, J. Doc, as we talked about in the very, very beginning of the show, um, it is our next summit, which we are looking forward to. It'll be summit number two of six that are on the calendar right now. And mentioning West Virginia and Ohio and the western part of Pennsylvania, I hope everybody in that part of the state and that part of the region downloads the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Yeah, and what's great about it, this show airs from New Jersey to, to Washington, D.C., and, and our goal is to bring the who's who in the industry uh, and, and, and to educate the public. Uh, and so it's a big deal uh, in, in layman's terms, of course, common sense and energy in every sector. And so having said that, we're continuing our discussion right now on the hydrogen hubs. I want to go to uh, Jimmy Snell. Jimmy, if you would talk about the impact, you know, where you know, obviously you, you, Colin's talking about, you know, you know, eight, you know, eight hydrogen hubs across the United States. Um, and you mentioned the jobs that a hydrogen hub in our neck of the woods would bring, but what else would it bring to, uh, you know, the, the region uh, aside, obviously jobs are a, a, a huge priority, but how, how else does it impact our region? Sure. And, and first off, J-Doc, I got to commend you on getting uh, Colin as a guest. I mean, you're, you're, 
you're talking to the guy, one of the guys that wrote the hydrogen portion, right, of that infrastructure bill. So, I, I mean, look, um, you know, what would it mean? All right, so for, for my local union, okay, so uh, local 420, Steamfitters Local 420, you know, the more work we have, right, the more money goes into our coffers, okay? It funds our uh, – the money funds our pension funds, our health care funds, uh, we're able to uh, uh, fund health care for our retirees. I mean, so it has that kind of an impact, an immediate impact, all right? Um, you know, and look, just just for example, I mean, you know, when, when you have work going on, okay, people are making money, all right? People like to spend money. People like to spend money in their local pizza shops and bakeries. And, and these are the things that, you know, surround these refineries and, and this industry as a whole. Exactly. Uh, up, and down the, uh, up and down the Delaware River. You know, people, when, when people have money in their pocket and they're willing to spend money, it's good for the entire community. You know, and you look at tax revenue, right, for, for cities and states and school districts. This all plays into it. And, you know, and, and – this would be a, a gigantic shot in the arm for that whole southeastern Pennsylvania region, southern Jersey, northern Delaware. I mean, you're not going to find a, a region in the entire country that is more more suited, more ready for this hydrogen hub. I mean, you you look at a, a, a company like Hilco, right? Hilco took over the old uh, Sun Philly refinery in South Philly. Right. So part of Hilco – uh, in what they call their northern yard, it's going to be a life science campus, and that's very exciting. Uh, the, the rest of, of, of that site is going to be warehouses. So they're trying to court people like FedEx and the Amazons and the UPSs of the world to come you know, to their location. And guess what the first question is that they're being asked? And, and I got this from the Hilco guys. The first question is, what's your hydrogen capabilities? So you know, they were very excited, Hilco, that were, were you know, we included them. They're part of this, this discussion and this group. You know, they're, they're all in on this. Whatever they need to do, you know, to, to help get the hydrogen hub to this region, they're looking to bring, you know, these kind of uh, uh, companies. And, and, and that's what they want to know. They want to know what the hydrogen uh, uh, capability is. So um, this region is, is this close to hopefully acquiring a hydrogen hub, and it's just going to unlock, I, I think, so much for this region in a positive and, and, way. Exactly. You talk about how it revitalizes the surrounding communities, the imp- impacts the tax base, but also and, and the jobs, of course, with the building trades, but also the long-term jobs, you know, of the facility itself. And so, um, and the great things it's going to do for, for, for our, our energy infrastructure. Um, have, having said that, uh, Colin, you know, I, I you're, you know, you're, you're the president uh, of an environmental organization, um, the National Wildlife Federation. Um, can you elaborate a little bit more about the benefits of hydrogen for the environment and how it impacts us in a clean way? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, there's, you know, hyd- the hydrogen itself um, is basically zero emission um, as you're using it. Now, we got to make sure we're, we're, we're making it as cleanly as possible. But you know, one of the reasons it gets exciting is that, it gives you a, a clean fuel that has huge energy energy density, as, as Brendan said, um, that you know that's clean. That allows you to still make things in this country. You know, I don't want to set up a future where we're buying you know electric panels, like solar panels from China, and electric vehicles from Japan, and you know offshore wind turbines from Germany. Like I want to make stuff in America. 
but we got to figure out ways to make it cleaner if we're going to also hit our environmental goals. And so this allows us to take our strengths as, you know, one of the strongest union regions in the country uh, with a history of kind of building America and then building and providing, you know, reliable, um, affordable energy with the technologies of the future. And so all of a sudden you get that, you know, you know President Biden says all the time when he thinks, when he hears climate change, you know, he thinks jobs. Like this is that in practice. Because if we can have, you know, technologies that are significantly lower emission and increase the opportunities for manufacturing and industrial processes, I mean, that's just a home run. I mean, that's just a freaking home run on every level. And, 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 and having said that, um, you know, you know, it, 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 is this a situation where labor and the environmental groups be able to, you know, can, can, can find some, some common ground? Because we, this has, we have all these potential benefits. It's unbelievable. Well, we could find common ground. The question is, will the environmental well, groups be receptive to the well, common ground? Well, the point ground? is, where's, so we're talking all about that. Where's the pushback here, uh, Colin? In other words, there's so much good stuff going on. There's, I, there's, it's a win-win-win across the board. Mm, you know, where, where's the pushback coming from and why? Yeah, I mean, even like me, you don't, you don't need to sell me on the, on the common ground. I'm the chair of the, uh, the National Blue-Green right. Alliance, which... You know, I chair with Tom Conway, who's the international president of the Steelworkers, a good, good, good friend. And um, like, I mean, I think I think the, like the one piece of pushback is um, what's that that initial feedstock? You know, is it, is it more of it coming from is more of it coming from natural gas or is more of it coming from water? And then what's the source of the power to kind of split apart the molecules? Is that coming from you know fossil fuels or is it coming from renewables? And you know, like a lot of this is going to be a transition, right? I mean, like, and I would love my ideal would be using you know kind of responsibly using water from the Delaware Basin. We'd be using offshore wind that's, you know, clean to basically use, you know, electrolyzers that's going to help, you know, kind of separate the water molecules by using clean energy to have it be kind of clean all the way around. The offshore wind's not there yet, though. You know, we're still four or five years away, and hopefully that's going to be the next big boom of, uh, of construction and manufacturing in this region with all the work Governor Murphy's been doing and President Sweeney and, um, you know, and others over there and the, um, on the Jersey side. we got to get him back, by the way. But the, um, uh, but you know, in the, in the meantime, you know, we're likely to have some other options. We we could use you could use electricity from Salem, from the you know from the nuclear plant over there, the good PSP, PSG facility. You could have, you know, other other ways. You could have some you know carbon capture technology to reduce the emissions from uh, some of the natural gas facilities. So I think it's going to take folks kind of realizing this is a journey, um, and you know we, we want to make it as clean as possible today with the ultimate goal of it being completely clean tomorrow. And I find that, that definitely interesting because so much of, of what we talk about when we're talking about renewables, when we talk about, um, obviously, you know, uh, uh, batteries for electric cars, um, you, there's so much uncertainty in, in regards to the, the uh, critical minerals and, and, and if we have an abundant, uh, you know, amount of it. Um, but we do know that, like, like we said, that, that hydrogen is the most abundant chemical element in the universe. Okay, we're not running out of that. And I like what you just said. Um, you know, it, obviously it's going to take a little bit of time, but we've been throwing kind of caution to the wind in every area. Um, certainly this area where we know we have the resources to do it, we just have to obviously let the technology catch up. We have to take the same adage. Uh, Brendan Williams? Yeah, I think one of the great, ways about how the bipartisan infrastructure bill and the IRA approach developing hydrogen is that these are programs that are really going to be additive. We've seen a lot of poorly designed programs in the past. We've talked a lot about the renewable fuel standard 
on this show and how the crazy credit scheme it sets up actually as we've seen in other parts of the country it actually incentivizes closing down refineries and replacing them with renewable diesel facilities that make 70 percent less fuel with 10 percent of the workforce as opposed to incentivizing the building of those facilities in addition to the petroleum refineries we're using now and uh, the approach that the 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 ira and the bipartisan infrastructure bill take it's not going to result in that addition by subtraction phenomenon it's actually going to be additive so refineries in the area are going to be able to operate and it's a business that they have some experience in and can actually jump into without having to worry about whether or not they can keep their existing operations open. They have experience with hydrogen. They can build that out and help diversify the fuel supply. Uh, and as Colin mentioned, you know, I think the, the environmental benefits of hydrogen are, you know, it's zero emitting. And if you can get the electricity you need to fuel the electrolyzer to make the hydrogen to be low carbon or zero emitting too. It's a win-win. And we have all these technologies. It's not a technology that uh, we, we have hydrogen fuel cell engines. We make hydrogen now. We know how to handle hydrogen. Uh, so it's a mature technology. Uh, it's something, the approach that the government took through the bipartisan infrastructure bill and the IRA is the right approach and that it allows these technologies to be additive to what we're doing now rather than, you know, being, you know, creating some kind of punitive regulation to try and hope that moves people to, you know, another business line. This, this really is a win-win, a great approach, a great opportunity for the region because you can repurpose existing infrastructure to use hydrogen. You can even start blending it into natural gas uh, that, you know, goes to power homes and, and businesses right now. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of future opportunities too. You know, we've seen, you know, it's uh, you guys probably wouldn't expect me to bring cryptocurrency into the debate, uh, but there's a lot of talk about the energy as cryptocurrency grows. You know, today, I think there was a big shift over in Ethereum to a, a lower energy use process, and everybody's talking about, oh, well, that'll help improve its environmental footprint. Well, you know, these, these, these cryptocurrency mining farms do use a lot of energy, and hydrogen could potentially be a source that can fuel those uh, without having to worry about a growing emission uh, footprint as cryptocurrency grows, right? So there's a lot of different uh, potential uh, innovative opportunities for this. The 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 incentives that government put in place take the right approach by uh, by allowing this to to be more cost effective and be additive to our existing energy infrastructure and the existing energy sources that we have now are going to need to use for a long, long time. We'll get to a break here on the Labor and Energy Show. We'll wrap it up on the other side. Back in a moment. Thanks for listening to tonight's Labor and Energy Special. Now it's time for Did You Know? A public service announcement from the providers of this program. Did you know carbon capture and storage technology is one of the few proven technologies that can deliver deep emissions reductions in industrial sectors? Did you know? 
Western Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters is proud to present skilled union workers, including the workers that build and maintain our energy infrastructure. The safest, best trained, and most productive carpenters in the country are on the job. Whether it's energy from nuclear, wind, coal, natural gas, or offshore wind, the EAS carpenters are ready to provide the construction need of an energy industry our families depend on. If you're interested in a job in construction, visit EASCarpenters.org or follow us on social at EAS Carpenters. PBF Energy wants you to know hidden RIN costs are adding almost 30 cents to every gallon at the pump and pushing independent American refineries to the brink. It doesn't have to be this way. President Biden can lower gas prices and protect thousands of union refinery jobs by fixing the renewable fuel standard. And he should. Visit FuelingUSJobs.com slash action to urge President Biden to stop the RIN sanity and fix the renewable fuel standard today. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are being supported by the members of the Labor Union Community, including Steamfitters Local 420, Jim Snell, Business Manager, the Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters, and the United Steelworkers. And welcome back, everyone, to this edition of the Labor and Energy Show with J-Doc and Krause. J-Doc, good conversation. We've reached our final segment. Quick show today. Information uh, really good, really intense. A lot to consume if you're part of the listening audience. Don't be afraid. Go back and re-listen to the podcast on Apple and Spotify. A lot of meaningful nuggets of information uh, throughout this entire show. Yeah, man. I mean, we're 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 listening uh, listening to information that sh- everybody should. Be. Hey, you know, it's good. If I tell the audience to go back and listen to the program, it's uh, a good program. Uh, absolutely, no question about it. And there's a lot to be optimistic about. Uh, Jimmy Snell, talk a little bit about. Um, you know, we're talking about. Uh, you know, the hydrogen hubs and, and wanting to bring it to, to, to uh, fruition here on in, in our neck of the woods. Talk about you know, some of the discussions you've had with other labor leaders, political leaders. What are you guys doing and what do you, you know, to, to, to impact this situation? Uh, obviously, uh, you know, to let the president know that this is the right decision to bring it here. Okay. Yeah, sure, Joe. Um, well, as usual, uh, the building trades uh, as a whole in this area, once again, the Philadelphia building trades and Delaware building trades and the South Jersey building trades. Look, I'm, I, we're very active politically, and, and you know that, and everybody on the call knows that. Um, you know, and, and even, uh, you know, our national building trades is involved with this as well. Behind, and this is all behind the scenes. But, you know, at the end of the day, our, our labor leaders in this region – we, you know, we're, we always, we, we've always been working for, for the Biden administration. Okay. We've always put feet out on the street, boots on the street. And, you know, and, and, you know, what the feedback we're getting is, Hey, we hope the administration knows we're friends of the administration. We need work. We want work. We want our members to work and, and, and we're looking for some help and we want, we want this region to be, you know, uh, given a, a hydrogen hub. Um, and, you know, and like I think Colin mentioned it earlier, this region for, for decades upon decades, we were known as the, like the number one area in the country when it came to building stuff, you know, energy-related stuff, okay? Up and down the Delaware River, whether it was on, on the Jersey side, uh, the Pennsylvania side, or in Delaware, we're, we're we're the leaders in this country when it comes to building energy related stuff, and there's there's you know no other region that is and I said this earlier that is more suited 
you know, to to bring on a hydrogen hub in this region. Look, you know, and I've had people say to me, oh, does that mean pipelines? Oh, we don't want that. No, no, no. Brendan mentioned it earlier, okay? We have the infrastructure already in place all over this region. People don't even understand that. They don't even know that. So there's no no tearing up of the you know neighborhoods or anything like that. The, the infrastructure is in place, and that's another reason why this region is so 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 uh, capable to take on a, a hydrogen hub. You know, so yeah, are are the labor leaders in this region excited? Absolutely, but uh, you know, hey, we're looking we're looking for some help from the administration. And and listen, the the administration has been great, you know, to us in, in various ways. You know, I mean, just look at. You know, uh, you know, look, when when every politician for the last many years, whether they were Republican or Democrat, they always talked about, oh, we're going to we're going to fix the infrastructure. And it always came and went. Nobody did anything. But guess what? This president actually is. He really is. And and it's and it's great. And it's going to mean man hours for for, you know, the, the region, for the various building trade unions. But. This, once again, would be a tremendous shot in the arm for, for, for our building trade unions in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Delaware. And, and, and Colin, uh, with, with, all, with all the, obviously, what we have going here, a lot of the uh, elements that, that Jimmy's talked about, um, workforce, uh, obviously, we have, uh, you know, the, 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 the resources and, and uh, the commitment. Are there any challenges in bringing uh, the hydrogen hub here uh, to our neck of the woods? Look, I, I, I don't think so. I think we got to do the work, right? We got to like make sure we could put together a good application. Um, and I think obviously I'm feeling a lot better today than I than I have been now that I got a firm commitment from the the White House. It's going to be a lot more than the four that we were we were worried about was going to be the baseline because having you know two in the same region, kind of you know, because you consider us and kind of West Virginia and, and Pittsburgh the same region. Um, but you know, I, I think like we got to we got to do the work. You know, we got to get the, the technical parts right. We got to get the politics right. But I think Jim sold himself a little short. I mean, like, look, when Jim Snell speaks, like people listen. Right? When Ryan speaks, like folks listen. Like they're not treated like locals, right? They're treated like national leaders. And I think like like folks, you know, just just real talk. Right? I'll, I'll take my 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 nonprofit hat off for a second. You know, this president, um, you know, is he, he's he's notorious, right, for being you know saying he's going to dance to the ones that bring you to the party, right? <laughs> like he's you know he's incredibly. Um, supportive and just and knows that the role that labor played um, in his successes, both in the, the primaries and the generals. And, you know, he loves the region, right? I mean, grew up in Claymont, right? Just on the other side of the line, he's seen, you know, he's seen the best of the industry. And he's also seen some of the challenges. He sees the future and, you know, he knows that, you know, we ought to make things here. And I think, you know, one thing that sets us apart from most other regions is most of the other places that are working hard on these applications right now um, are, are in right to work states. You know, this is what this is a hub that could largely be labor led um, that, you know, could have organized labor you know, designing it, helping help implement the project um, in a way that you're not going to see in the Gulf Coast, you know, the Louisiana and Texas. You're not going to see in some of the, uh, the Midwest states that have had, you know, kind of right to work pushes last few years. So, you know, it's that it's that combination of like being history, the current workforce, the academic institutions, the government support, you know. And then the labor strength, and that's a pretty good that's a pretty good pitch um, in this uh, this current environment to try to you know to try to throw a strike with. Our last four minutes of the labor and energy show before we wrap up, J Doc. This is the time we'll go around the horn uh, and get some last minute thoughts, some closing thoughts on today's discussion. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go around the horn. Uh, Jimmy Snell, uh, 
you know, you, you heard what Collins just said. Um, you know, that's that's pretty impressive and great stuff. Yeah, listen, uh, I'm listen. I'm I'm in a extremely uh, fortunate position. Uh, you know, to to lead a great group of uh, men and women. You know, within the uh, Steamfitters Local 420, it, it's it's tremendous to be a part of the Philadelphia building trades and, you know, and, and, you know, and, and working side by side with people like Ryan Boyer, the head of the Philadelphia building trades, you know, and, but Collins, right. I mean, we, listen, when, when it comes to work and, and once again, getting jobs for our members, if, if there's anything we can do, if there's someone we need to talk to, someone we need to lean on, we're going to do it. We want to make, make life better for our members. We want to make life better for the region. And that we're, we're, we're excited about this for sure. And, and what's really uplifting also, Colin mentioned, the other, the other states vying for this are right-to-work states. Our workforce is a trained workforce. I mean, obviously, uh, project labor agreements, and, and, but the trained work, uh, workforce, uh, the apprentice programs that we have, well, you could, you, you know, I mean, one man gets sick, Another man is out on the job the next day. Uh, you never run out of, 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 of our workforce, and, and it's an incredibly passionate and well-trained and hardworking workforce. Brendan, uh, one minute, uh, if you would, closing uh, words. Yeah, you know, just summing it all up, I think there's a lot of opportunity. Obviously, as we're looking to try and see how we can diversify the energy mix into lower emitting sources that are, that are cost-effective without, as you always say, J-Doc, throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Uh, I think hydrogen has a lot of opportunities. I think some of the incentives that were recently passed uh, provide, you know, they take the right approach because when push comes to shove, it does come down to cost effectiveness, right? You know, the reason we use the fuels we use today is because you get the most bang for your buck. They're really affordable. Uh, And right now, hydrogen is more expensive than, let's say, diesel fuel, which is what you use in a truck. Uh, But you get with uh, between the infrastructure bill, the incentives in the IRA, the fact that the, the greater Philadelphia region, you know, Delaware, South Jersey, Philly, actually already has the infrastructure. Those are all things that can help bring those costs down where you can really start kickstarting a hydrogen economy. Uh, and as that grows, you know, the cost will come down even more and it could create really something transformative in the region uh, without losing, you know, the, the energy we need for today and then the jobs at our refineries today in the process. Colin O'Mara, if you will, uh, take us home. Look, I mean, I I get excited when I think about the future. I mean, I think there are so many technologies and so many opportunities for us to do right by folks, put a lot more food on the table, you know, create a ton of middle-class jobs. I mean, we haven't had an opportunity like this, arguably, since the end after the Second World War. And, you know, we got a president that gets it, right? we got, like, local folks that are organized that are, you know, actually working on the kind of singing off the same hymnal. And so we just want all your listeners to – to learn everything we can about it, support it, tell your local elected officials that, that they want them to support it. We've got great folks in Harrisburg that are supporting us. I mean, there's, there's a lot of connectivity here. And frankly, I mean, the only thing that's you know, standing in our way is our, our kind of our will and our ambition. And so we just got to, you know, ramp it up and get it done. And I think when folks look back 50 years from now, they're not going to remember our names. They're going to say, you know, they built the regional economy for the next half century, half next century because of the stuff they did in 2022. 
Wow, great way to end the awesome. show, uh, the Labor and Energy Show uh, with J-Doc and Krause. And we thank everybody uh, for tuning in. And a special thanks to three great guests who were with us uh, for the uh, full hour today. As Colin mentioned earlier in the show, when Jim Snell speaks, everyone listens. Jim texted me, Krause, it's time to end the show. So uh, <laughs> on that note, we will end this edition of the Labor and Energy Show. Until next time. See you next time, everybody. Thanks for listening to tonight's Labor and Energy Special. You can help. Call your congressperson before the upcoming midterm elections and join the movement to push back on RINs. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre recorded.